This morning I want to continue this series on pastoral ministry. And again, I have embarked on this series for two roles, two purposes. One is for us as a congregation to once again visit what is the biblical model for pastoral ministry. And secondly, as a way of preparing those of us who are called to serve, what are we being called to? What are we being asked to do? Uh, Two Sundays ago, I started this series with looking at the heart of pastoral ministry, and that is the preaching of the Word, and how fundamental and how foundational that is, and how critical, and how important, and how imperative. I don't know what other adjective to use. But that is what the church is built on, the Word, not on programs, not on many other things that are beneficial, visitation and pastoral ministry and counseling and and service in the community. All of those are important, but none of those, none of those must ever take the place or be substituted for faithful ministry of the Word. Um, Last Sunday, we looked at the spirit of pastoral ministry. Servant leadership, and I'll just summarize that message with this statement that I made last week. Two statements. One is that servant leadership is not a type of leadership. Leadership, servant leadership is a type of service. We are all called to serve within the body of Christ. All of us are given gifts that are to be utilized for the benefit of the body. Some of us servants are called to lead. But we don't call servants in the congregation, we don't call individuals in the congregation to then serve the congregation as though they are the only servants. We all are servants. Some servants are called to lead. This morning we want to look at the scope of pastoral ministry. And the best word I can use to summarize that from biblical text is shepherding. Shepherding. The Bible keeps talking about shepherds and sheep. Those are two really prevalent themes that are found throughout the Bible. In the Old Testament, in Jesus' teaching, and in the apostles' ministry. It begins with God's revelation of himself as the shepherd of his people. And then God calls other people, he called prophets, he called kings to shepherd his people. David, the great shepherd of the children of Israel. And ultimately then Jesus comes as the good shepherd, the perfect shepherd. And then God provides churches under the leadership of pastors or shepherds. The the word pastor means shepherd. It's an anglicized Latin word that literally means shepherd. So let's look a bit further at this biblical imagery of shepherds. I want to look this morning briefly at an Old Testament example. I want to look at some teaching that Jesus said, and then also look at some of the Apostle Peter's writing. The Bible is very consistent in the Old Testament and in Jesus' teaching and in Peter's teaching. Very consistent about What makes a shepherd faithful or unfaithful? So this morning I invite you first of all to open your Bible with me to the Old Testament to Ezekiel 34 verses 1 through 10. And this is an interesting passage because we find here God is against the shepherds of Israel. 
Notice as I read, And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God unto the shepherds, Woe be to the shepherds of Israel that do feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? Ye eat the fat, and ye clothe you with the wool. Ye kill them that are fed, but ye feed not the flock. The diseased have ye not strengthened, neither have ye healed that which was sick. Neither have ye bound up that which was broken. Neither have ye brought again that which was driven away. Neither have ye sought that which was lost. But with force and with cruelty have ye ruled them. And they were scattered because there is no shepherd. And they became meat to all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. My sheep wandered through the mountains and upon every high hill. Yea, my flock was scattered upon all the face of the earth, and none did search or seek after them. Therefore, ye shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, saith the Lord God, surely because my flock became a prey, and my flock became meat to every beast of the field, because there was no shepherd, neither did my shepherd, shepherd search for my flock, but the shepherds fed themselves and fed not my flock. Therefore, O ye shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my flock at their hand, and cause them to cease from feeding the flock. Neither shall the shepherds feed themselves any more, for I will deliver my flock from their mouth, that they may not be meat for them. God is against the shepherds of Israel. Why? Well, notice verse 1, they serve themselves rather than the flock. Verse 4, they, neg four, they neglected their flock. Verse 6, they ignored their flock. And verse 8, they protected themselves instead of protecting their flock. These shepher shepherds were unfaithful because their shepherding was marked with being self-protecting, self-serving, rather than being self-sacrificial. Well, turn with me now to the Gospel of John, chapter 10, and we're going to see what Jesus says about faithful and unfaithful shepherds. John 10, we'll look at verses 11 through 18. John 10, verses 11 through 18, we find these words. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. For the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling, and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth. And the wolf catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth, because he is an hireling, and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it again." No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Jesus comes, and he is the fulfillment of this image 
of a shepherd. Notice verse 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. You see, the ultimate fulfillment of the image of shepherd is total self-sacrifice. Jesus does exactly what Ezekiel does. He contrasts the commitment of the unfaithful shepherd, Jesus calls him the hireling, with the commitment of the faithful one. Notice verse 12, Jesus calls the unfaithful shepherd a hireling. And what does a hireling do? A hireling is in the work of shepherding for himself. Verse 12, Jesus calls the hireling, contrasts him to the shepherd. You see, the issue for the hireling is what he can get out of the position for himself. And if the time comes when there are less benefits or more benefits to being a hireling than being a shepherd, then he's out of here. Then he abandons his post. That's the definition of a false shepherd or a hireling. Ezekiel and Jesus are in agreement about what constitutes faithful shepherding and unfaithful shepherding. Well, lastly, turn with me to 1 Peter, last text we'll look at this morning. 1 Peter chapter 5, we find Peter writing these words, The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory, which fadeth not away. Notice verse 1, Peter speaks as a fellow elder, and that word is used synonymously in Scripture with pastor or shepherd. He speaks as a shepherd to fellow shepherds. Verse 2, Peter calls them to feed or care for the flock of God, the church. In verse 3, Peter calls them to the same self-sacrificial commitment as a pastor of the church. Not to be self-serving, not to be self-protecting. You see, the message is clear and consistent in each of these three areas. In Ezekiel, and in Jesus' teaching, and in Peter's teaching. It's most clearly even in the, the teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. A self-serving hireling in the name of being a pastor is a tragedy. It's an act of hypocrisy. So how do we evaluate a pastor? Let me ask you this morning, does a pastor stink? He ought to. He's a shepherd. We have a hard time, I think, coming to grips with the call to be a shepherd because shepherding for most of us, now not for perhaps Steve, and some of us have had sheep or goats, but for many of us, shepherding conjures up a certain picture. And we've all seen the picture on someone's wall. 
It's one of Jesus with, you know, long flowing hair and, and perfect skin. It looks like he got a manicure last week, perhaps. He's clutching a sheep. He's smiling at the sheep, and, and the sheep looks like he's smiling back at Jesus. It's warm, it's cuddly, and, and it makes us feel good. It's a, it's a precious moment. But I think it's biblically illiterate. You see, in ancient Near Eastern culture, people knew what a shepherd was. When Jesus talked about a shepherd, when Ezekiel talked about a shepherd, people knew what a shepherd was. And it wasn't pretty. A shepherd could not be turned into a precious moments figurine. Shepherds were rugged. Shepherds bore as their mark the scars of defending their sheep. Shepherds were warriors for their flock. They spent time with their flock. They smelled like sheep. Their staves were stained with blood. Their skin was rugged as leather. Shepherds didn't usually get invited to, to dinner parties because they smelled. That was a shepherd. The shepherd led his sheep. He fed his sheep. He fought for his sheep. It was hard work. It was dirty work. It was messy work. And it was smelly. Well, not all shepherds stank. Some shepherds took the job for what they could get out of it. Those shepherds were called hirelings. They were self-serving they didn't want to give too much of themselves to the job. They didn't want to get too messy. They didn't want to get too inconvenient. They didn't want to get into a point of danger. They didn't want their job to exclude them from the benefits of society. After all, this job was about what it provided them, not what they were asked to give to the job. And if they put forth too much effort or sacrifice, they might not be as happy. So they weren't always focused on their job as being a shepherd. You see, they needed downtime. They needed me time. They were shepherds who said, this is too hard. I don't want to give too much. They were self-protecting. They were in it for what they could get out of it. And when they couldn't get enough out of it, they walked away. Their staves were not bloody. Their skin was not leather. Listen, people, we need pastors who stink because they're in the trenches with their people. They're in the trenches with the flock God gave them. And let me tell you, nobody's flock smells that great. In the trenches getting hands dirty no self-pity. It's a tough job, and that's why they're there. When things are difficult with their flock, they, we need pastors who don't say, I feel sorry for myself. I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be doing this. Rather, we need pastors who stand and look at themselves in the mirror and say, today is why I am here. I'm here to face down the enemies of my flock. I'm here to deal with their difficulties. I'm here to snatch them away from danger. I'm here 
And by God's grace, I'm not going anywhere. I'll gladly bear the marks of protecting those God has entrusted to my care. This is my flock, and I will not abandon them. Pastors who bear the stench of a shepherd are pastors who are all in. As early as Genesis 48, 15, we find Jacob declaring that God has been his shepherd all his life. God leads, God provides, he protects, and God does not ever abandon, nor does he forsake us. And that's the comfort of his people. That's the comfort and security that we enjoy in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. And a shepherd leads and he has authority and a shepherd will be held accountable for what he does with that authority. You see, to shepherd a flock is to exercise oversight. Oversight's another word that defines what it means to be a shepherd. Faithful shepherds are to exercise oversight in a way that shows that they care for their flock, not that they have disregard for them. There's no description of shepherding that does not call a shepherd to lead and to lead with courage and to fight as a warrior for what is right, even when it is not convenient, even when it is not comfortable, even when it is not popular. You see, the faithful shepherd is committed to doing what is best not what is easiest. Faithful shepherds or pastors stink because they bear the stench of being in the burdens, in the difficulties, in the trials of their flock. They are with their flock. And again, I say, no flock smells that great. Well, not only is a shepherd a leader, one who exercises oversights, but a shepherd has to be a warrior. A shepherd fights for his sheep and seeks to defend them from the enemy. The cross is the greatest symbol we have of spiritual warfare. The cross is a declaration that God's enemy, Satan, has been defeated. The cross is that great, incredible reality where the one who comes as our deliverer, our, our redeemer, is our suffering servant. The good shepherd Jesus, in an act of spiritual war, lays down his life for the flock of God and purchases them with his own blood. Shepherding is warfare. Shepherding is a battle. And we need shepherds who are invested in the lives of their sheep. Pastoral ministry members who are invested enough to bear the smell of a shepherd. What will their priorities say? Do they lead? I don't mean making an occasional decision when it's convenient to do so. I mean leaders who lead. Leaders who are in the trenches, establishing godly priorities, fighting for truth, commitment, and faithfulness of their congregation. 
I wonder how many of you in this room can imagine the leaders of our congregation as warriors. Or do you only see them as nice guys who pat you on the back and give you a compliment and encourage you and coddle you and comfort you? If that's your full picture of your leaders, it's not a healthy one. We need to know that our ministry team will fight the spiritual enemies for us. We need to know that our ministry team will walk so close to us and be so close to our burdens and our difficulties that the smell of our life is on them. That is the scope of biblical pastoral ministry. That is what we need to look for and call for the leaders. That is what we need to support in our congregation. And those of us who are called to lead, that is the image. That is the picture of what it means to shepherd the flock of God. Let's pray. Father, this morning, it is so wonderful to know you as our shepherd. And as we've heard testimony this morning in our sharing time, examples even this past week of your shepherding of us, of enabling us, of empowering us, of comforting us, of encouraging us, of guiding us, of providing for us physically and spiritually and in so many ways showing us your love. Father, you have called your people to be part of a church, the body of Christ. And you have established that that church should be led and served by leaders, under shepherds, who are called to model their service after that of Christ, the good shepherd. Father, I pray again this morning that we will understand and embrace that vision of pastoral ministry. And as a congregation, we will commit ourselves to calling and supporting and following biblical leadership. And Father, for those in our congregation, those servants in our congregation who you call to lead, may each of them understand that calling, what it means to be a faithful shepherd. Guide us, Father, empower us that we might stand fast against the enemies of the church of Christ. This we ask in the powerful name of the head of the church, Jesus the Christ, our Lord and Savior.